Well, hey there, and welcome to the Saints Church Glory Hills podcast. We're so happy that you joined us today. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, we believe that God will speak to you through one of our pastors today. Let's jump in. How's everyone doing this morning? Welcome to church. Um, It's so great to be able to bring the Word of God and share and Easter weekend and Christmas are the pinnacles of the Christian faith because Christmas really brings us into the place where God becomes man. He sent his son. It changes the story and the course of history. Yet we get to Easter, the Passover week, the Passion Week, 33 years later, Jesus goes to the cross. He is crucified, buried, resurrected on the third day, and the story lives on until eternity opens its doors and we meet Jesus again. And one of the most amazing things about Easter and and the story of the resurrection is that Often I feel like people are looking throughout this world and throughout this life in so many places, searching for God, searching for answers, searching for something that will heal their grief, their hurt, their brokenness. And yet when they went to the tomb, we heard words like this. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 6. It says this. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes, and the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the man asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. And this is the story of God. This is the story of Easter that for time past and time into eternity, man will forever be looking for an answer among dead things. But God points our eyes up. He points our eyes to Jesus. says, why do you search for him among the dead things? For he is not dead. He is risen. He is alive. I love the scripture where it says he's defeated sin in death taking back the keys of sin and death, defeating principalities that we might also experience the resurrection with him. And it's a powerful story. Such a powerful story about God's grace, his love. But honestly, when you look at it, it, it's kind of a brutal story. And often I grew up wondering, and in church we would we would hear the story of Jesus going to the cross, and uh, I went to a, 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 a church growing up. Uh, sometimes it was real old school, and like, let's play the videos on the screen that give kids nightmares, but, you know, Jesus, sometimes we downplay what Jesus went through for us, and the reality to pierce our hearts and understand what happened Sometimes needs to sink in. And, and with the resurrection, let's talk about a powerful statement. Let's talk about God putting an exclamation mark on history saying, look, you can't keep him there any longer. Jesus is not bound to the things of this life, this earth. He is fully God. He's fully man. But yet I have raised him to life so others could experience life. But have you ever asked yourself this question? Like, God, couldn't it just have been a little less brutal? 
Couldn't there have been an easier way? Why would we have to experience, uh, would Jesus have to experience this and us have to identify with this experience and see what Jesus had to go through in order for us to be saved, to have a relationship with God? I mean, you're, you're God. You're, you're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. You could have created any plan, any way to make man right in your sight, but God looked at humanity after the fall of man, and he says, actually, the better way is the only way, and it's, it's how I'm going to send Jesus. I think the world around us is looking for an opportunity to be a good person, to love God, to experience his grace, to experience his love, to say, well, if I do this and if I do that, and they think, well, maybe there's an easier way. And God says, no, no, the better way is to look at my word, to see my son, and to experience what he has gone first in. See, God in his wisdom and grace knew that there had to be a complete and perfect way to restore relationship between man and himself, and this was the only way. So church, this this is what we preach. We preach that Christ crucified, him buried in resurrection, is the only door open to our relationship again with the Father. And we can chase so many other ways, but God would say, my way is better. My plan and my purpose will fulfill something that you could never do in your own humanness. And today, what I actually believe we need to be reminded of as a people of God, of those who would call ourselves followers of Jesus. And don't worry, maybe you're here this morning and you're visiting and you came with someone. You're like, I've heard this story before. I don't really get it. I hope I help you understand a little bit more today why we believe what we believe. And it really comes down to understanding the gospel in four simple truths. And what I want you to know today is that, number one, you and I were created for relationship with God. If we're going to understand anything about why we need a Savior, why Jesus came, why Jesus had to die, we have to come back to the basic fact and truth that we were created for relationship with God. Genesis 1.27 says this, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Church, we were created in his image. If you ever wonder why you have gifts, talents, abilities, creativities, certain ways that you think, certain skills that you have, they all come because you were created in the image of an eternal creative God. And whether you serve him or not, he created you in his image and you have those gifts, talents, abilities, and you can access those things. And I actually believe there are some people who don't know Jesus that steward those things far better than a lot of us do. They just realize that this is who I am and this is how I was made and I was born for this. They say all these things. And and I sometimes wonder why we as a church, we as believers, don't believe that about ourselves because we were created in the image of God with these same things. So we actually have the knowledge to know the one that can make us the most successful in the very things we were created to do. Because we believe that that happens within a relationship with God. God. So you were created in his image and and you have all of these gifts, talents, and abilities. And his plan from the beginning was to know us. 
to walk with us, to have relationship with us. Genesis 3.8 talks about how when it was the cool of the evening, or some translations say the cool of the day, so some people believe in morning and evening, God would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden to know them as friends, to talk with them, to speak with them, to spend time with them. This all happened that we could have relationship with God and relationship with one another. And when we get back to that understanding, we wonder why we're chasing so many things and we feel so incomplete or we feel uh, like we fall short or we're broken or something's missing in our life. It's because we have to come back to the first truth of the gospel is that we were created to have relationship with God. And without that relationship, nothing else in this life will satisfy that desire inside of us. But number two... We have to remember that we messed up. Everyone say that. We messed up. If we're going to understand the gospel, I just really felt, I got my, my evangelism kick on this week. I was like, I just really felt like we have to get back to actually knowing what we believe and carrying this whole idea of Jesus going to the cross, laying down his life. What does that mean for you and me in our day-to-day life? Like, if we don't understand these things, that we were created for relationship, with number, for relationship with God, and then number two, that we messed up, we have a very hard time relating to people why they need Jesus and why we need Jesus. Because some of us want to be like, well, I mean, Adam and Eve messed up, and so I'm just a victim. And may be true, but you don't have to be be beyond like a year old to know that like you've messed up. You sin. You make mistakes. You know, man is not good deep on the inside. No, man is deceitful in his heart, inherently evil, and, and we make mistakes and we are born into sin and into that nature. And when we understand that God wants relationship with us, but then we realize that we messed up, going all the way back to Genesis 3, verse 6 and 7, it says, The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, and she ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was with her. So Adam, like, tries to play this, oh, it's all her fault. It's like, Adam, you stood there and said nothing. It's like going shopping with your spouse and yeah yeah they, they, they want to buy something they're like well we really shouldn't have bought that because you know you're just as much to blame <laughs> when you don't say anything and, and Adam then partakes of the fruit and in the moment that they ate it their eyes were open they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness so they sewed fig leaves together to cover them They had never felt shame before. They had never felt guilt before. You don't have to teach a child. You don't have to teach someone how to feel guilty or shame or that something was wrong. We have a conscience. We we know what is right and wrong. We we start walking through those things as a young age, and then we start almost searing our conscience. and, And based on patterns and behaviors that we do over and over again or things that we've seen or we've not been taught about, we just believe, well, I guess I'm okay. I'm not really that bad. We try to point to other things that are worse, but yet we've all sinned. We all have messed up. And sin brought consequences. 
Sin got on the inside of humanity and it produced consequences for every single one of us. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. Romans 5, 19 says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. And we're all like, thanks, Adam. Adam is probably the one guy in heaven, unless he's, like, maybe he's not, because he's experienced the full grace of Jesus and he's okay now in his personality and who he is. But, like, if I were Adam in heaven, I'm like, I don't want to meet everyone else when they get here. <laughs> you know, my brother sent me a meme last week, you know, Cain up in heaven, uh, or Abel up in heaven, because Cain killed Abel. Abel's up in heaven just waiting for someone else to show up, because he's by himself, right? Like, with Jesus, and when's the next person going to get here? And, like, based on scriptural evidence, it seems like hundreds of years, you know, for, but Adam, because of Adam's sin, it entered humanity. And sin brought consequences, and it broke the relationship that we were meant to have with the Father. People ask all the time, why is sin such a big deal? What if, it, what if it's just me involved? It's just personal sin. It doesn't affect other people. Very rarely does personal sin not affect others around you because it changes you, your actions, who you are, the way you treat people. And, and sin being on the inside of humanity is a problem for everyone. It broke the relationship with God. Sin separates us from God. Sin will keep us from hearing the voice of God, from drawing close to him. Why? Not because God doesn't want to be near us. It's because of the fear and the shame and the condemnation that the enemy wants us to live under. And so we shy away. Like Adam and Eve, we hide. And this is they made fig leaves. They tried to cover themselves with so many things, but they didn't work. In Genesis chapter 3, 11, it says, Who told you that you were naked, the Lord asked. Have you eaten from the tree of the fruit I've commanded you. Verse 22 and 23 says, Then God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. And what if they reach out and they take from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. Romans 6.23 says about sin, For the wages of sin is death. And I, I realize this is such an encouraging message for Resurrection Sunday and Jesus rising from the dead. It's like, guys, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. That's why you're created. But guess what? We all screwed up, like real bad. We all deserve death according to the gospel, according to the plan and the, and the price that needed to be paid for sin. But I want to show you something. Number three is we have to come a little bit further. And a lot of times people get stuck in all these things where they say, well, you know, if that's who God is and he banished them from the garden and, and that's how he dealt with sin, he's so judgmental, he's so angry, he punishes sin in the Old Testament, he's just angry and, and he just wants to kill people. And that's how a lot of people stop in the story and that's how they see God. But in the story of God, when you look at the whole picture, this is why reading your whole Bible is important and understanding it as a whole is because God was actually gracious even in the garden. So when we understand that we were created for relationship with God, we messed up. The next truth that we have to understand is that God in his grace covers us through Jesus. He made a way to cover us through Jesus. If you go back to Genesis, the punishment for eating of the tree was death. He says, the, the day you eat it, in some translations, you will surely die. And it's amazing that God goes looking for them and he doesn't strike them dead right there on the spot. 
The grace of God intervenes even in the story of Adam and Eve where they deserve death instantly. He could have wiped them out, started over, started a new creation with no sin yet, whole reset sort of thing, but he doesn't. He steps in with those he created to have relationship with and his grace begins to grow and abound even in the midst of their sin. And when we understand that God's grace made a way to cover us through Jesus, we got to come back to this place where we see what was necessary for that to happen. Where Adam and Eve took fig leaves and they tried to cover themselves. God tells them the consequences. He still walks with them. He's still talking with them. That is grace personified in the moment for Adam and Eve because they deserve to die. And yet, what does God do? He goes and he finds a lamb, an innocent animal, and he kills it and he covers them. And we can try all we want to cover ourselves, but without the shedding of blood and the covering that God provides, we cannot have restored relationship with the Father. And so in Genesis, we see this picture of Jesus, and God says, well, okay, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to triumph over judgment. What we need to realize in this story is that grace triumphed over judgment, but it was also grace that led Jesus to the cross. It was God's love for you and me. It was God's love for humanity that made God step into our mess and say, I want to cover you. I don't want to judge the consequence that I said I would, but I'm holy and I'm just, so judgment has to come for the price of sin. But yet, because I love people, because I want relationship with them, I am going to create a way to cover them through my son, Jesus. So God's grace stepping in humanity actually caused the ripple effect of Jesus having to come as a man, being born and needing to die. It was the grace of God that sent Jesus to the cross. Romans 5, verse 6 to 8 says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die while we were still sinners. The price had to be paid to satisfy the judgment, justice, and holiness of God. But only a perfect sacrifice could truly cover once and for all. And I just want to camp here for a minute because around Easter time, around Good Friday, we talk a lot about uh, the blood of Jesus, the need for atonement. Um, Maybe in our churches we haven't talked about it enough. Maybe we've made it this magical story of resurrection and some sort of Avenger crystal thing that just kind of happened, and yet the story of the Bible is that God sent his son to die in our place, and he had to shed his blood. Jesus needed to go through the cross. He needed to be uh, bruised and pierced for our transgressions. He needed to face the whip. He needed to fulfill all the prophecies that were coming throughout the Old Testament to remind people of a God who loves them and who would one day replace the sacrifice that they had been making to atone for their own sin. So where do you think people got this idea? 
idea of covering for sacrifices. Well, in the tabernacle of Moses, we see where God started in worship and different uh, things with Aaron and the priests and the Levites, how this is how you would make a sacrifice to pay for the sin offering, the burnt offering, the wave offering, the grain offering. But the sin offering was one of the most important because the sin offering was a representative of what Jesus was going to do. And so just like in Genesis, the instructions to Moses were that you would take a lamb without spot or blemish and you would offer it as a sin offering on behalf of the people or the person who brought it and it would atone for a season of time. The blood of goats and rams could not appease the judgment of God for the sin that humanity was under. But it was a picture of his grace holding off until Jesus came that they would do these things in the Old Testament. And so they would start offering uh, sacrifices and there was an exchange. There was an exchange of a lamb for their sin and it involved the shedding of blood. And this is important because often we see Jesus coming into the picture and we don't understand the pictures behind all of this stuff that's going on. And if we go to Leviticus chapter 17, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it's not verse 1, so it's going to be wrong on the screen, 11, it says, for the life of the body is in the blood, and I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life It makes purification possible. Verse 14 says that the life of every creature is in its blood. And what we need to come and understand is that the blood of humanity is tainted and stained with sin. So no person with sin could ever suffice as the sacrifice to wipe it clean. And so here comes Jesus. The interesting part was that the lamb had to have no spot, no blemish, and it was sacrificed in place of the person. When God sends his son Jesus, he comes fully God, fully man. He's a perfect, spotless sacrifice. He wasn't born into sin. That's why, if you ever wonder, why was Jesus born of a virgin? He wasn't born into sin. Wasn't conceived in sin. He was lived a sinless life, goes to the cross, and he was able to carry and bear the weight for your sin and my sin and make the exchange for all the times that we come up short and we don't meet the requirements to appease what God wants from us. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can't do this on our own church. But I want you to see this. God wants relationship with you. He wants relationship with me. Okay, we messed up, but it's not the end. He sends Jesus to take our place, and God makes an exchange. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Well, how can I, still a person who in my humanness and in my human nature, I know I sin, I know I mess up, I know I'm not perfect before God, but because of Jesus, I'm righteous, I'm in right standing with God, because of Jesus, I'm covered, because of Jesus, God sees me as acceptable to welcome back into relationship? How does that work? Well, one of the interesting things about the Old Testament was this. The priest never looked at the person bringing the sacrifice. They only inspected the lamb. And this is amazing news for us because God is not looking to say, I'm going to inspect every area of your life, every sin you've committed, every promise that you've broken, everything that pulls you far away from me, I know you've messed up. I know you've been there. But when you come to me through Jesus, I see you as a son or daughter whose sins are covered and washed away. Why? Because God is not interested in looking at your past. He's not interested in looking at all this stuff. He will call you higher as you follow him. But he is interested in seeing the covering of the blood of Jesus in your life. And when he looks at the lamb, he sees you as perfect as spotless and you can be received by God and that's why we have an open door to relationship with him come on and sometimes we're like Easter okay uh, cross video on Friday teach the kids downstairs about that Sunday open tomb everyone claps uh, kind of big party after church and and I think we sometimes forget in the middle of all this that this is the gospel And if we're going to actually be a church that carries the presence of God and the gospel of Jesus to others, maybe we should understand it in our own lives. If I teach someone how to share their faith with their friends and neighbors, I take them through these four things. I take them through the fact that you need to tell people, I was created for relationship with God, but I messed up. My own sin couldn't make me right with God. I've been this way and that way in my life, and I met Jesus, and thanks to be to God because of his grace and his covering, I'm set free. I'm washed. I'm covered. And guess what? You can too, because it brings us to point number four. You can choose to receive Jesus. This is the gospel. God created us for relationship. We messed up. He sent Jesus to provide a covering for our sin. And we must choose to receive Jesus. You ever ask, how do I, how do I tell my friends and neighbors about Jesus? Tell them that God loves them and he wants to have a relationship with them. Tell them that all of their stuff that's holding them back from God, all the things where they feel like they've messed up, yeah, we've all messed up. That's my story, too. That's your story, too. And we can share our story and say, yeah, I, I've been there. I've been far from God. I felt that. But, but God made a way. And so when I received Jesus, he covers me. He washed me. He paid the price for me. And now we have a choice to receive Jesus. When we talk about only the lamb being examined, Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 44 verse 22 says, I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. If you feel like God is angry at you, hear these words. This is God saying, return to me because I have paid the price 
to set you free. This is good news. This is what our world needs to hear. And then we lead them into a place where we understand that it is a choice to receive Jesus. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 7 says this. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked change their ways Let, and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. Grace is a gift, but it's also a choice. Because we have a lot of people walking around, well, God sent Jesus and, and he died on the cross for the whole world. Yes, he did. But all throughout scripture, we see this pattern over and over again that the grace of God is sufficient and the blood of Jesus, like we sang, will never lose its power and it opens a door and we can't come to God on our own merit and we can't make our own way and the door is open for us to call upon the name of the Lord and grace and salvation is the free gift of God. You can't earn it, you can't work for it, but you must choose it. And I would go as far to say this, church, Repentance is a lifestyle, this idea that we turn from our own way and we follow God in his way. We must choose to live in and walk under the grace of God every single day of our life. Because we still mess up and we still make mistakes and God doesn't drop us and stop loving us, but we, we got to put our hearts to a place where we say, God, I choose to live in your grace and I'm so grateful for who you are and the salvation that has come through the blood of Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says this, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. When we place our faith in Jesus, we receive covering. We receive restored relationship. We receive eternal hope, not because of anything that we have done, but because of who Jesus is. Romans 5 verse 2 says this, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 103. He says, He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve for His unfailing love towards those who fear Him or worship Him is as great as the height of heavens above the earth. And then I love this verse. Romans 5.5 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. And as we close, if we could all just hold tight for a minute I want to give an opportunity for anyone who might not have made that decision to receive Jesus to do so today but if we've made that decision already at any point in our life I think Easter Sunday is a great day to remember that you were created for relationship with God you were created to commune with him to talk with him to spend time with him so why wouldn't you embrace that We've all messed up, so when we get so discouraged and we make mistakes, we often try to cover and fix them and do all these things, and instead, we should be running to Jesus. 
and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, and we repent, and we say, God, would you continue to cover me? Would you continue to show me your love, your grace, your goodness, who you are? We're reminded on a day like today that because Jesus rose from the dead, we can share the story of faith that says because Jesus is risen, he has overcome sin and death, which means we don't have to live in it any longer. We don't have to let people live under the tyranny of sin and death. God is calling them close. He desires that they would hear his voice, that they would see his covering, they would know his grace because he has paid the price through his son Jesus for all of their sin. But we have to remember to tell them they have to make a choice. A lot of good-meaning people and a lot of good Christians want to just tell people all the time, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, but they never want to tell people what it actually means to deny themselves, pick up their own cross, lay down their life, and say, Jesus, I will receive your free gift, and I will follow you. Because that's what Jesus said to the disciples. He says, follow me. And the call to grace and salvation, sometimes it's a hard question. The rich young ruler turned away sad because he felt like he was going to have to give up too many things. And in Nathan Finocchio's book, Killer Church, he says, sometimes they will walk away, but at least tell them what it takes to follow Jesus. At least... We should be telling people that you have a choice in this. God's heart towards you has not changed, but you get to make the decision if you will receive that grace and choose to follow him. So now you're all going to go share the gospel with your friends and neighbors. You're going to tell them that God created you for a relationship. We've all messed up. We've all been there. Yet God made a way to cover it. It's through Jesus. It's through his exchange. And and, and we don't have to be seen as we feel we are. The enemy tells us we are. We get to be seen through the eyes of God as his son welcomed back into relationship. But, But you have to make that choice. And then you can ask your friends and your neighbors, do you want to make that choice? Because it's the best choice you'll ever make. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or are looking to get connected in any further way, head to saintschurch.ca and we would love to meet you.